Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our Constitution and Republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Uh, I'm a little groggy, a little groggy today. Me but too. I didn't not sleep gonna, well last Not going to get into why I'm groggy until hour number two, though, so you'll have to turn into hour number two in order to get that question answered. Spoiler alert, weed. <laughs> <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> and and I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also a little uh, sad and happy at the same time for... A uh, little melancholy. Yeah, a little melancholy for 33% of my friends. <laughs> 33%. Yeah, I remember I said 33 because, you know, you, John, and Ray Ray. Wait, you consider me a friend? Well, of course. Oh, that's sweet, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of put us in the work acquaintance category, but, you know. Ah, that hurts. You know, <laughs> you know that hurts, man. If you want to consider that, me a friend, that, I'll, I'll allow you to consider me a friend. That really hurts right yeah, there. So you that's, that, that's like you, when you, you know, when you cut, you cut deep. You know, it's, it's you know, like people ask me, you know, Alex Snicker, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of know the guy. Yeah, I, we're friendly, I guess. <laughs> it's a, don't, don't go out on a limb for me. Don't, there, don't look guy. so sad, man. You are my radio life mate. Aw, yeah, yeah, So I wish I'd give you a hug right now without the fear of getting retaliated against. Yeah, don't, just don't hug me. All right. Yeah. So the reason is, is that my brother-in-law is. Uh, there's an opportunity coming his way for a uh, work for a new company however that company happens to be in a little small town in virginia yeah and so he's if he gets this job he would be moving away to virginia which you know if anybody listens to the show with any regularity knows that my friday nights are always meeting my brother-in-law to hang out so this will free up my friday nights um but i will lose 33 percent of the people i hang out with well yeah you, you, you don't necessarily lose him as friend you just won't get to hang out with him every friday night well yeah yeah but that kind of sucks but it's too, a good though. opportunity for a road trip if he takes a job yeah if he does now, and, and look and it's a he's moving to a, like a really small town in virginia but you're four hours away from basically everything though you right. know what i mean yeah like you're only you, it takes you four hours like to get to washington dc right but you know, like when you live in so Florida, if, if he's four hours away from D.C., he's probably uh, in the Shenandoah Valley, you know, like uh, the west central part of Virginia, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something that's, like that. That's actually beautiful country out no, there. No, it is. Be- yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's beautiful country out there. And the thing about like when you live in Florida, right? The problem, the problem with Florida is, it's you only can go north and where we live in Tampa, you right. can only go north and south. Mm, that's not true. You can go east. Well, you could go. Okay. You're only going east. You, for, you can go west too, just not very far. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm saying you, is you get you get wet pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you, if you drive three hours east or three hours west, you're getting wet because you're getting in the water either way. Well, no, it takes about three hours to get the other coast. Mm, okay, once you you're you're on the coast though in that. In that yeah, time. yeah. You're you're at the Atlantic in three hours. Yeah. So 
when it comes to visiting other things in Florida, you don't really have an opportunity. Like, you're only going to see Florida, basically. What are you talking about? Like, you drive three hours north, west, east, or south, you're still in Florida no matter what. Right, yeah. If you live in Virginia and you go four hours north, south, east, and west. Oh, you're in. You're in other states almost states. no matter what. Yeah, yeah. and you can right. go like to uh, various places, you know. You got Delaware, you got Maryland, you got North Carolina, you got West Virginia, you know, you got. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah, then you're in. Well, yeah, Kentucky's that way. West Virginia. You know, then you're getting up into, you know. All Tennessee. The, right, yeah. So you can get to pretty much anywhere. Like you can go see a lot, of, a lot more of the country from where he's going to live. Right. Which I actually think that it's one of the advantages of living there. Like, if you can move to a smaller town, make more money than you're making right now. Right. It's almost like you're getting the benefit. Because, look, I don't know about you, but Florida is getting rather packed. Yeah, yeah. So you could make the argument that if you wanted to be somewhere where not, you're not, you know. And there's no, like, at least where we live in, like, in Pasco and definitely Pinellas. In Hillsboro and for Pasco. those of you who don't know, we're in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, um, like you know. all the cities meld together. Like there's no separation between. Yeah, the cities. it's getting like L.A. Man, it's you know just continuous sprawl. Yeah, yeah. So he, where he's going, like you live in a town of like you know seven thousand people, and then they're in another town for like thirty forty five minutes. Yeah, like you have that empty space in between. Right now, there's parts of Florida you can get that, but very few of them now. Though. Oh no, that's not true. There's a, <laughs> most of Florida is still like that. Once you get outside the metropolitan areas, it's just a metropolitan areas have expanded quite a bit yeah but even but even the other areas are starting to expand even you know more like I, I could see myself uh in a few years here buying a chunk of land and you know up around the big bend area on the west coast of florida or yeah. the panhandle or something like that you know so uh, yeah, yeah there's there's plenty of places that you can still get away from from people if you want to yeah 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 you know? for how long or how much longer though you never know though. but yeah I don't, I don't know that i don't want to leave florida I, I feel the same way yeah i feel the same way like i like florida right but well, I, it's my it, literally it's my ancestral home. Yeah, you know. So so I like Florida, but at the same time, uh, I, there'd have to be a really good reason for me to leave. I'll yeah. put it to you that way. Yeah. But right, and you know, I, my, I gotta I gotta say that you can actually drive for twenty four hours straight and never leave Florida. Actually, I, I drove for for twenty seven hours straight one time and never left Florida. How'd you explain? Did the perimeter. <laughs> me and my son one time did a road trip we called it the perimeter run and we literally started from you know our house went up uh you know north out to the panhandle all the way to pensacola came back across the state to jacksonville all the way down to key west back up through the the west coast of florida you know naples uh all the way up and came back took us 27 hours okay let me ask you a question though huh it was 1800 miles what was your did you drive a lot of interstate when you did that uh a, a fair amount like we came uh we came across 10 because that drive so when it, you went back and forth you were going back and forth across <coughs> 10 like once you no, got no, to no, the no, pan no. no no well we from pensacola to jacksonville we went across 10 but uh we went 19 27 98 oh and then kind of took yeah the and then coming down um, we we did 95 a little bit, but then we would cut over to to one and A1A as much as possible. So we were doing the you know the 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 more, much more scenic. Okay, so route. you were trying to take a scenic route. Yeah, yeah. We it. could have done it a lot faster, but we wanted to <laughs> hug the coast as much as we could because that was the objective: is to literally do the entire perimeter of Florida. Did you see any spots where Lawton Childs was at? <laughs> yeah, we we picked him up. He was hitchhiking. 
Yeah. <laughs> Walking Lawton. Walking Lawton. Yeah, just so few people get, get that reference. No, explain the reference. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Lawton Childs was a uh, governor of Florida, what, 30 years ago? This is a while back. Yeah, and uh, during his campaign, he walked literally everywhere. You know, yeah, and uh, he he did he must have walked hundreds of miles, you know, yeah, and he got the nickname Walking Lawton, but he was a two-term governor, uh, you know, not not a bad, not a decent government governor for all intents and purposes, you know, he wasn't too bad, so wasn't but, spending a hundred billion dollars. What the hell are we talking about? Uh, oh, by the my way, my brother-in-law moving away. Oh yeah, yeah. So because I was talking about three hours, you can't leave Florida, right? Right. But yeah, you know, uh, uh, yeah. You can't really begrudge the guy if it's a great opportunity and, you know, things like Look, that. Look, I'm a, here's the thing. I am sad You'll that... You'll be hugging his sleeve. Don't go! <laughs> don't leave me, Ray Ray. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. <laughs> what am I going to do on Friday nights? Who am I going to drink craft beer with? <laughs> You're such a dick. It's true, though. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. No, that's very, yeah. very true. Because every time I go stop by the Craft Life Brewery right. and pick up yeah. craft beer. Yeah. We yeah, found so. one that we like, and we always get that one. Island Coast red yeah so so i i do feel bad but here's the thing though i feel bad and i feel a little selfish about it that i feel bad about it but at the same time well, i no, am happy natural. for him yeah but i am happy for him though like i'm i'm glad that he is that he found uh that it's possible that he might get this opportunity well he still hadn't decided yet right well they have they're they're very early in the process yeah they're, they're gonna fly them up there though to take a look oh well, that's good. on their dime oh yeah not on nice. ray's dime yeah so yeah. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. So uh, switching gears here, my wife is so gullible. <laughs> She's so gullible. She really needs to uh, work on that. Uh, so my son, my youngest son, is out hiking yesterday. He's he's uh, likes to do primitive camping. You know, he just got back from uh, Zion National Park, where they you know stayed out there for ten days or something. Primitive camping. Well, just, hold on, what does that mean? Uh, like just you go and find a campsite and set up camp and that sort of thing. Do you bring your you, you bring pack it? your gear? Yeah, you pack everything in and out, so you're not near a vehicle or anything like that for days. For days, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So he's, he was uh, scouting a site, uh, you know, in uh, Central Florida, you know, on this uh, preserve with a spring and everything like that. And he uh, <laughs> he texts he he we're in a group text and he texts, oh, I see a snake, and he says. Oh, it's making a, a a funny noise. Oh, it's shaking its butt at me. And I texted back, "Oh, that means he's friendly. Pick him up." <laughs> and, my, and of course, you know, we're, we're both just you know fucking with each other. And Dawn totally freaks out. She's good. All caps with lots of exclamation points. No, don't pick it up. It's a rattlesnake. <laughs> and she starts like texting, um, you know, uh, Google images of rattlesnakes. Does it look like this? You know, <laughs> you guys made her lose her mind. I, she lost her friggin' mind. And I'm like, you know, first of all, how stupid do you think your 23 year old son? You know, who's been camping a thousand times, who was a Boy Scout, you know, he he's he was making a joke, dear. uh, And she was just totally freaked out about it. Did she ever calm down? Like, yeah, finally. Hold on. When she did calm down, was she mad at you? (laughs) Not really, but she kind of a little bit. Yeah. You know, Uh, it's like I guess that's just a mother thing. You know what I'm saying? But I just thought it was so hysterical that she thought 
that any part of her mind could have thought that he was being serious and that I was being serious. You know? Yeah, you know, I might have got caught up on that one too, though. Really? Yeah, I might have got caught up on that one. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> I, I'm like, don't pick that snake up, man. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I had to send a meme of somebody going behind a tree, be like, "Don't do that!" <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, yeah, poor woman. So, uh, what are we talking about? Right, I, so I think you start, put a lot of uh, stuff in the show notes yeah, yeah, that so I just don't, don't care about. So, yeah, yeah. And let's start with the first one that you don't care about. So I'm going to take a nap. So oh, I guess I ought to pull up the two show notes here. Whitmer kidnap plot suspects found not guilty, mistrial declared for the other two. Well, I'm glad to hear that the FBI agents involved are not going to jail. Yes. The his- <laughs> Listen, this is from the Detroit Free Press. The historic Gretchen Whitmer kidnap plot case ended with no convictions Friday, delivering a blow to the government as it failed to convince a jury that four militia members were domestic terrorists determined to harm the governor because of her COVID-19 restrictions. The jury declared two of these men not guilty, but deadlocked on the charges against the other two who will be retried, is what they're saying. Defendant Daniel Harris, the only one who testified at the trial, was acquitted on all four counts, with the judge telling the 24-year-old Lake Iron uh, Orion man he would be free to go Friday afternoon. Um, Brandon uh, Caserta, 33, of Carlton, was acquitted on the only count he faced, kidnapping conspiracy. He, like Harris, was freed Friday, which is also the birthday, which is also his birthday, after more than 18, month in j- 18 months in jail following his arrest in an FBI sting outside of some warehouse. That now, I'm not try hang to on that. a second. I want to know, what, what's the compensation for the government putting you in jail for a year and a half for nothing? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, uh, to I me, don't, there um, should be some consequences for no, that. There absolutely should yeah. be. So, um, or, or some restitution, I should yeah. say. What the FBI did was unconscionable, uh, conservative lawyer Michael Hill said outside the courtroom. He has long argued that his clients and the others were entrapped by rogue FBI informants and agents, including one who ran a cybersecurity company while investigating the case. To me, this is, was a signal, Hill said of the verdict, a rogue FBI agent trying to line his own pockets with his own cybersecurity company pushing a conspiracy that just never was, never was going to be. Our governor was never in any danger, and I think the jury, they did get all of it, but they smelled enough of it. Oh, they didn't get all of it, but they smelled enough of it. Family members gasped and broke into tears as U.S. Chief District Judge Robert Jonker read the not guilty verdicts. Uh, uh, that sister's lawyer declined to answer questions as she left the courtroom, but smiled and told reporters that Friday was uh, Caserta's 34th birthday. So uh, the jury deadlocked on all counts against Adam Fox, 39 of Potterville, and Barry Croft, 46 of Delaware, whom the prosecutors described as ringleaders, so a mistrial was declared. After the verdicts came down, uh, Caserta went for a walk outside in a walk in downtown Grand Rapids, avoiding the news media, family members of Caserta and Harris declined to answer questions from reporters as they left the courthouse. So basically, oh, okay, U.S. Attorney Andrew Burge has said that the government plans to retry Croft and Fox. Obviously, we're disappointed with the outcome. We thought we had enough for the jury to convict based on the evidence we put forward, but we still believe in the jury system, Burge said. We have two defendants that are awaiting trial and we'll get back to work on that. Like, you know, sometimes juries are the best thing that can happen to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Because <coughs> we talked about this earlier. This was clearly entrapment. I, I think it was even beyond entrapment. I, I think it was, uh, you know, 
FBI agents and informants um, putting together this fake plot and trying very hard to recruit others to get involved with it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that the others who, quote unquote, did get involved with it were just kind of like a wishy-washy, you know, not really having they weren't any taking any type of active involvement in anything. Yeah. You know, so, again, it's we've seen this a lot. I mean, the instances of real terror cases in the U.S. happens every once in a while. You know, somebody occasionally someone goes and shoots up a, a you know, a bunch of people for some type of political or religious reasons and yeah. you know they their intent is to uh cause terror um but in so many of these cases that the uh you know fbi or, or various government agencies bring to trial it's uh they invented the whole thing yeah you know and, and in a lot of cases they even gave uh you know the the defendants like they made the bo- the fake bomb you know and said here go deploy this and and so in my mind, the the concept of entrapment is none of this would have ever happened were it not for the government, you know, uh, government's involvement. Yes. You know, so I, I think that is kind of the, the bar for entrapment. And so many of these are exactly like that. If it wasn't for the government pushing this narrative and, and being the ringleader, these people would have just been, you know, disgruntled Facebook commandos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now here's the thing, though. It's easy or easier for a lot of people to be on board with this acquittal. But what I hope people understand is that this ain't the first time the FBI has done this. Oh, no. The FBI has been they doing do this. A lot. They do it a lot. And they've been doing it a lot since 9-11. Right. Even before 9-11, they were doing it. Right. But they've been doing it a lot since 9-11, and they were going after Muslims at that point. Well, there's not enough real terror to justify their budget. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. really the bottom line. This is what it comes... This is yeah. self-perpetuating. Yeah. And if you read the top part of this where they talked about how, you know, the one guy was part of a cybersecurity firm. Right. He was incentivized monetarily to do this because right. he wanted to get a contract from the government. Right. Like that seems like fraud and that seems like something they should be busting people for. So wait a second. Like there's some corruption with what that guy did. As the owner of a cybersecurity firm myself, you're saying that I entrap people. If I entrap people, I can get government contracts. Seems like it. Um, Hey man, uh, you want to blow up the white house? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Hang on a second. I got to make a call. <laughs> <laughs> Toby. Yeah, Toby. 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 Hey, I got, make I got sure a, you're recording. I got a live one here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Toby it, is the name for our NSA handler. Yeah. yeah. Which we've never met. Right. So I actually do have contacts in the FBI because I have worked with the FBI on cybersecurity things in the past. Uh, it's been a while since I've had to do that, but. Uh, yeah, so that that's good to know. Actually, I've <coughs> given recent events. I am rethinking all of my contracts with any government agency because honestly, <laughs> the politics is just more trouble than it's worth. And uh, unfortunately, I can't go into details. But <laughs> oh man, it's painful. It's painful. I, I don't know if I leave I, that one alone. Yeah, I don't know if I ever want to do. Why don't you just leave that one? Yeah, alone? I, I can't go. You've there. already. Right. I know. You're already I know. Going I've, down I've the said road. too much. I've said too much. Stop me. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, so uh, what you're that? hanging your own fucking. I, I know. I, I got to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so. All right. So another thing is I am back on Twitter. Yay. I know you don't care. 
Right. I know you don't give you give no fucks. Right. That I'm back on Twitter. However, right. Elon Musk buys a nine percent stake in Twitter after seventy percent of his followers said the platform stifles free speech. It clearly does. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Now, because of that, and this is I don't know if the, I don't know if this is his genius, if he's four D chessing it or whatever. But because he bought a 9% stake in it, he owns, as a single uh, stockholder, he owns the most shares of Twitter. He's the largest single stockholder, yeah. And because of that... That means he'll probably be on the board of directors. He is... No, he's already on the board of directors. Now, the thing about it is, though, is that when you get on the board of directors, you can't own more than a 14% stake in the company. Right. Like, there's a rule, I guess, that goes along with that. So... In a weird way, they put him on the board to stop him from buying more shares. Right. But at the same time, now he's on the board. Well, he could actually buy out, <laughs> buy out the company, uh, buy you know a, a fifty point one percent stake in the company and own it yeah. outright. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So now people have lost. He's got their the money to do that. Minds over this. So now, hang on a second here. I wanted to read. There's an article from Vulture that I wanted to read. Vulture. What yeah, the fuck yeah, is yeah. Vulture? It's just a, it's a, it's a online publication. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You'll understand why I wanted to read this one because this is not positive towards Elon Musk. Okay. But I wanted to read it almost as like a, like how fucking stupid are they? Are, are these fucking people? But getting in, getting onto Twitter's board of director is apparently easier than getting into Burgrain or Burgrain. It's a, it's a, it's a like a, a real hoity-toity restaurant or something. On April fourth. Okay. Just the fact that they use that reference. It's like, oh, no, it's going to get worse. Okay, go ahead. On April 4th, Twerpy Robber Baron, Elon what? Musk. Twerp? What? Twerpy Robber what is, Baron. What is twerpy? Like a twerp. Oh, God. Uh, it's a derogatory term. What a what a childish. Exactly. Yeah. And then Robber Baron, Elon Right. Like, Robber Baron? Robber Baron. Really? Right. Announced that he had purchased 9.2% of Twitter and that the next day he was added to the site's board to make significant improvements to Twitter in the incoming months. Deranged. The news <laughs> arrived two weeks after Musk openly, uh, uh, openly that Musk opened something called a Gigafactory. Uh, Plankton vibes, but okay. Or Plankton vibes, but okay. In Brandenburg. Plankton just out- vi- Was that, hang on. I think that was a SpongeBob reference. I think so. What are these people, Nine? I, yes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> okay. So, uh, just outside of Berlin, to celebrate, Musk did what any respectable ex-partner of Grimes would do. He got in line for Bergrain, but according to an investigative report by Vice writer Zing Tzang, it looks as though Musk got turned away at the door of the famously choosy nightclub around 4 a.m. Berlin time on Sunday, April 3rd. Musk tweeted, "They wrote peace on the wall in Bergrain. I refused to enter." Uh, from the explanation point uh, to the uh, mangled grammar of to the ego-saving bald-faced lie of it all, this tweet reads like something from a nineteen or from a twenty eighteen Twitter parody uh, account called Trump Canust. Okay, I I honestly did not understand anything that paragraph said. Yeah, no, I, 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 I I'm I am totally lost as to what they're trying to say. It's almost as if they are speaking a different dialect of English. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. Stop. Please stop reading this article. It's it's going to make my head explode. The reason I read it, though, the reason I read the article itself, though, is because like they're calling him a fascist and all this other stuff. When in all reality, he is the exact opposite. 
Right. He believes in free speech. He's a free speech absolutist. Well, my guess, yeah, he, he truly is. My guess is that the people writing this article, uh, when they think of free speech, it means only speech that uh, they agree with. Yes. Know, most likely. Yes. No, yeah. no, it's absolutely the thing. And now, they are they are probably just, <laughs> they, they probably don't even understand their own positions on things. You know, yeah, well, they that's what it to. sounds like. I mean, they're just that everything in that was so all over the place and, and just, you, you were know. just trying, here's the thing, yeah. what you were trying to do is to give as many digs to Elon as, mu- as possible yeah. because the Without rest of the any- article goes into him just not being allowed in this nightclub. Like, it wasn't about the most important thing on there, which was that he just bought 9% of fucking Twitter. Right. It was that, oh, he wasn't allowed in the club. Yeah, and, and it's some club in Berlin that, yeah, yeah. I, okay. <laughs> like, what does that got to do with a fucking, all right. the dude could buy the club. Hang on, I, I have a, a very strong suspicion that us mentioning the vulture on this show, which is kind of funny because that's a you know animal that eats uh, you know carrion, uh, <laughs> is uh, probably uh, increased their um, uh, readership by at least fifty percent just by being on this show. Oh, there you go. Just by us talking. There you go. The so, mention. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. So we should probably send them a bill. Now here's the thing: How many times have you heard? And, I'm, and you may not have heard it a bunch, but how many times do you hear over and over again that the people that are in favor of the censorship on Twitter and on Facebook are like, well, they're private companies. They can do what they want. Right. And we would say, well, you know, they are private companies. They can do what they want. But also, Elon Musk is a private citizen and can buy enough shares of that motherfucking company to get on the goddamn board. And you know what? You should be okay with that shit, too. Look, nobody has any principles anymore. Nobody has any core values anymore. Everything is just about their own, you know, position, and they will. There's no attempt to find rational, rational, reasonable, um, logical, common ground anymore. Uh, It's just all. I mean, I'm so sick of all these terms thrown about. You know that. Fascist, Nazi, and commie, blah, 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 blah. you know everybody uses these terms just to to completely dehumanize the other side of any argument that they're on, and that's the reason. You know, and and everyone is is uh, guilty of it for the most part. I in some I form used or to be to some form or another. I've tried to step back from that um, just because it's it serves no purpose and it's it's uh, you know intellectually dishonest to do that yeah because as soon as you do that you're not really engaging in any thought you're just putting people into camps and one camp good one camp bad and and nothing in the world is that that uh cut and dried well except maybe for the russians in ukraine right now uh that's pretty cut and dry that one's seeming pretty cut and dry at yeah. this point by the way yeah so. like there's it's hard to i mean i i didn't want to get into that one just right now well but, i was just using that as a reference but so you right, don't though. have to segue no but, but hold on but the other segue i wanted to get to is so you see what happens with elon musk and he already made a lot of his money like he already made like when he bought it and what it's worth now oh yeah it's 30 well, to 50 percent ahead of time when he ahead. invests he by buying it he caused the stock to increase in two ways first of all when you buy 10 when somebody buys 10 percent of a company um, Especially you know, one as big as Twitter. Those trades are driving the, his own trades actually drove up the price because you have to buy through the price points in order yeah. to get that number of shares. But you the, can't just buy them all at one time. Yeah, yeah. And the the fact that um, he was buying them also inspired other people to hey, if Musk is buying in, I'm buying in. Yeah. So it was a kind of a double whammy. I, how much was the stock up? I, I bet it was up 
10, 15% in a day, probably. Uh, yeah, it might have even been 20. It, it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. It was a lot. Let me look it up real quick just to give so, you an idea. Here. So, you know, that, uh, and I'm, and uh, Musk is definitely smart enough to know that. Uh, it, he knows that his actions and even his words and even his tweets can move markets, and they have on many, many uh, occasions. Uh, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, Look, it's a it's a good move all around. He's going to make a lot of money, and hopefully, he's going to be able to make a platform that that he uses more free. Yeah, you know? I would say that it was hovering in the thirty three dollar range. Okay, and it got up to fifty. Holy shit! When he got it, and now it's back down to forty six. Okay, still it's just a, a dramatic like a, a that's like it a, was a big jump 40 percent. Increase the end yeah. of it. Look at the end of it. That was where the jump was. Oh, geez, yeah, yeah. that's the that's the, significant. He bought there, right? So, so like he, no, no. Look, the guy who does move markets. Yeah. Look, that's why the SEC is always going after him, right? You know, look, they hate Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. They truly do. Think about it. When they bring look, like the White House has brought electric car companies to talk about electric vehicles to Washington D.C. and did not invite Tesla, who completely revolutionized the electric car market and also has the uh, without question the largest share of the electric car market that might not be true anymore because no you know, it is man well no you no, see teslas everywhere you, you do now but also with ford gm chrysler you know all the big automakers uh, you know toyota volkswagen everybody is now in the electric car game so i'm not sure that tesla still has the largest market share uh, but without question, without Tesla, those car makers would still be years from making those vehicles. Yeah. You know, he proved the market was viable. Yeah. You know, so. So it's just one of those things where you see, again, Elon Musk, who's one of my favorite, you know, humans. I, I, I honestly believe that he is is probably the most important person of the 21st century so far. Yes. Yeah. So, um, however, uh, Zelensky uh, might be a close second at this point. Yeah, president of Ukraine. Why? Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not kidding. I, he, he, honestly, I, and this is, I, I'm not being facetious at all. He, I think history will regard him, depending on the outcome of this war, but I, I think it's going to go completely in Ukraine's favor. And I think this is going to be the the actual um, impetus for the, the I don't want to say complete collapse of Russia, but for the um uh, yeah the collapse of russia for all intents and purposes i think russia is going to break down into several individual company uh countries in the next several years so, wow yeah i do i i think russia is done as a as a country i think russia the the area around moscow and st petersburg will remain one country but i, I think you'll have uh, a lot of the uh, you know more extreme territories of russia breaking off into independent uh nations so and I think that honestly, do you think that Putin really miscalculated this? Move? Oh yeah, he's he sh he <laughs> shot himself in the dick, and um, there's there's no doubt that um, it, it's done. And that's whether or not he uses nuclear weapons. Russia is over, yeah, you know? yeah. And he he still may use nukes, but I think that depending on how things go from this point forward, there's a a really legitimate argument that uh, you know uh, Vladimir Zelensky is the Winston Churchill of the 21st century. What what do you think is the reason why just because he stayed and he was defiant and he didn't run and he just yeah, yeah. because because he stood his ground uh, with because if he got caught he'd have been killed yeah yeah he 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 led his country 
Yeah, he he truly did. Oh, did I tell you I actually watched the first episode of his uh, his Ukrainian sitcom? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know that. It is so bizarre to watch that because in the sitcom he's a a school teacher who goes on this rant against the government that one of his students you know films and he didn't know it was being filmed you know he's just ranting about you know it's we only have two choices ever and they're both corrupt and it's you know he's basically doing the giant douche turd sandwich argument and it's like yeah nobody can do this and we just need somebody that's you know for the people and all and all just to you know a a, a uh, profanity <laughs> filled rant yeah and a student films it puts it on youtube and people start get behind him and he's like ah, no i just ran i you know i'm gonna get in trouble for this you know this is a yeah. bad thing that i've done and then the, his students actually uh you know crowds uh, uh fund uh his uh his campaign and everything and he ends up getting elected and when he when he gets elected, you know, he wasn't even watching the polls because he thought it was ridiculous. This is stupid. Yeah, there's you no know. way I'm going to win. Yeah, I, I have no prayer. He didn't campaign or anything. And he gets elected uh, president of Ukraine. And I thought, here we have a situation where the reason that this man is in this position in a defining moment in world history was because he played a guy who was th- thrust <laughs> into the position. Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's so bizarre to see because it's a life imitating art imitating life. Imitating yeah. art imitating yeah. life. Like, it, it, it's, it's just like, crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's so bizarre. And actually, it was pretty funny. You know, very well produced. I mean, uh, if, if you... Hold on, is it in English or did you have to read it's the subtitles? subtitles. It's okay. subtitled, yeah. Uh, but it's actually I, I laughed in, on several occasions, even reading the subtitle. So, oh, really? It, it, yeah, it was that funny. It's actually good. I might actually watch the entire series. I, I you know, I'm not sure yet. But uh, just just to see that part of it was astounding. And he actually became the person that he portrayed. You know, yeah, it, it, it just such a strange thing, you know. But I, I found that fascinating. But yeah, I, I honestly think that Elon Musk, clearly one of the most important people of the 21st century, if not the most important person, and uh, depending on the outcomes. And I think Zelensky is in there as well, definitely in that uh, conversation. And, you know? But but more for the reason of not what he was able to do, but more of what he was able to do in the position that he was put in. What he had the fortitude to do yeah you know how he led his his because he wasn't really continues. popular at the time like when this thing first started he wasn't like his approval ratings were not high in ukraine well yeah i think but they are now i think the ukrainians were going oh fuck what were we thinking yeah <laughs> getting a comedian but now it's like he ended up being the perfect person for this moment in history and the the reason that i think that he's the perfect person for this moment in history is because he is an actor yeah you know it's not so much that his i mean his actions matter very much but his presentation actually matters more because he needs to do two things and that is to inspire his people and to keep them motivated and to keep them you know fighting and he's done that brilliantly and to um, inspire the world well, it, it, to convince other nations to provide them weapons, and he's he's walked a tightrope 
perfectly between thanking them and praising them from their support and criticizing and criticizing them and shaming them for not doing more yeah and he's he's handled it masterfully um so yeah it's a just, couple he made a couple mistakes here and there but. they were they were fairly minor though. yeah it, definitely overcomable yeah. yeah yeah so and like get, when he went to israel when he did, did he, when he spoke to the israelis he was he, he kind of messed up a little bit he went a little too overboard with him yeah, but you know, considering the the fact that he is a Jew with family, um, you know, like he's part of the tribe. Yeah, exactly. So he had three uncles that were uh, killed in concentration camps, <laughs> yeah. and his father survived one. Yeah, so he's you know, get, he's got a little he, bit of he's got he, a little cred. He gets some leeway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, which is, which probably helped during that time frame too. But I didn't actually mean to to transition to that. I just kind of wanted to make that point. Now, no, that was a good t- it was a good place to make it. Now, going back to uh, the. Elon Musk and Twitter situation, this brings into question whether Donald Trump will be back on Twitter. I think that it's only going to be a matter of time before he's back on Twitter. Right. The thing about it is this, though, and I don't think they're going to do this, but I hope they reinstitute like everybody. Right. Right. Like just everybody gets back on. Right. I think that would be the only fair thing to do is to just let everybody back on Alex Jones, Trump, everybody else that they've gotten rid of. Right. Yeah. You know, again, again it's just one of those things where, you know, like I, I remember wish you- when we remember when they first were going to ban Alex Jones. Right. And his response was, I'm only the first one. They're going to come after everybody else, too, one by one. He was right about that. And he was not wrong. Yeah. He was totally right about that. Yeah. So it only makes sense that you put Alex Jones back on. Like, if you're going to put Trump back on, you ought to put AJ back on. I, I hope he buys a stake in uh, Alphabet Corporation, too, so I can get my YouTube account back. Because I miss some of those YouTube uh, videos I made. Uh, yeah. sp- specifically the uh, the you know music video mashups I made. <laughs> I mean, those are important to me. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the political sh- stuff I don't care about. Really but, care. you know. Now, into, into the wrong way to do it, Trump's truth social is in trouble as financial technical woes mount. Yeah. Well, of course. Now, here's the thing. Look, don't get me wrong. There's nothing that the media, especially the Washington Post, wants more than for Truth Social to not make it. However, look, this is Truth the, Social isn't going to make it. Yeah, the yeah, it's not going to make it. But the problem is, is that in order for like, what would you what what needs to be there for a new platform to take over the existing, you know, Twitter, Facebook, thing? a mass migration of people to the new platform. But what is going to cause a mash migration, though? About the only thing that's going to do it is if you pay everybody $50 to sign up and use it for three months. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You do that. Yeah. yeah. I, you, you, because right now, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, they are so ingrained uh, that, and they have basically, they have so much of a market share that someone either needs to create a better mousetrap and really for the format that we have people like the existing mousetrap yeah there's nothing wrong with it really well there's a lot wrong with it but people are used to it and they're comfortable with it and they want to continue using it and all their friends are there hold on hold on look there's a lot wrong with it as far as the people that run it but i'm saying the platform itself if you were just to let it go it works okay well i would totally disagree with that the platform itself is designed to 
um, you know, funnel you into whatever, you know. Uh, well, that's the algorithm, though. Well, and that is the algorithm is the platform. But they could change the algorithm and the platform. Well, they won't be the because it's, it's based on advertising. It's it's everything is based that way. But that's that's not the point. I think that all the platforms suck right now. But. In order to build something that's going to replace it, you have to attract the people because you have to have someone sitting there logging onto their computer saying, hey, where did everyone go? Oh, well, I'm on this new platform. Oh, so so is so-and-so and so-and-so. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, the only way to do that is, I think, like I said, build a better mousetrap, and I don't think you can build a much better mousetrap that's going to be that attractive to people because people don't un- don't truly understand the problems with facebook because they try very hard to keep that from the user yeah yeah um so i think a financial incentive i think someone needs to literally you know make a 10 billion dollar investment to buy people off to use their platform and and make sure that they don't get it unless they've used it for a certain amount of time uh, for an extended period, so they get used to using that, and they see that their friends are there too. It's the only way it's going to work. So it would take a very sizable investment to to kill Facebook, to kill Twitter. You know. Yeah. So no, and it's gonna. Yeah, it would be tough no matter what. But and that's the, here's the thing, and that's the problem with somebody. And you got to hook the younger generation. Well, but here's the thing: there's two ways in order to change social media. One would be to make your own platform and do that, which right. again, we're already talking about how unsuccessful that could be. Right. Because for as much money as you're going to spend paying off each person, you could literally just buy a majority. You could buy a bunch of shares in one of the current ones that everybody's on it, and then change it. Yeah, that's true. And uh, like I said, I I hope that, and I think that's probably Musk's thinking is let's let's make Twitter the way it was originally designed to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let, let's take it back old school. Yeah. Which, you know, I look, I, I wish him the most success. That's why I signed up on Twitter again. Yeah, I can't believe you did that. Oh, I totally did. As soon as I yeah. found out he did was, I, t- I, I went and logged on to Twitter and was like, okay, yeah, I I'm like, in. I like Elon Musk, but uh, no offense, all you listeners out there, but I don't give two fucks about what you have to say. <laughs> and I got nothing to say. So anything I have to say, I'm saying it in this mic. So There you go. You know, there so. you go. By the way, I, I think I need to log on to Facebook and, and say something because... If I don't relatively soon, I think it's going to assume that I died and turn my page into a memorial. Oh, okay. Well, I hope it I've got do that, that setting. So if I, there's there's some setting in there that says if you don't post anything or you don't log on for six months, it's going to assume you're you're dead and turn your page into a memorial. <laughs> you know, actually, they do contact your next of kin. So, <clears throat> but yeah. So there's there's that setting somewhere deep in the system. I think I said it one time. Yeah, yeah. All right. So there's another article I definitely wanted to get to in the first hour. Okay. And it, this is a, it's an NPR article. So it says, after the Sacramento shooting, the state with the most gun laws may soon get more. Not understanding how stupid that thing sounds, by the <laughs> way. Like, how do, you, how do you not know that how stupid what you just wrote as the title sounds? Right. So this, uh, this, the weekend shooting in Sacramento, California, that left six people dead and at least 12 people, others wounded, happened to be just a few blocks from the Capitol in a state with the nation's strongest gun laws. California has the most right, law- hang, hang on a second right there you that is where you should probably start to recognize the logical fallacy yes but so does NPR recognize the logical of fallacy of course not let me get to the rest of it here <laughs> California has the most gun laws in any state, 107, according to State Firearm Laws Project at Boston University. But even when states make it harder to get guns, gun violence still occur. Uh, gun violence still occurs all too often. 
This is one of the three most deadly shootings in the country this year, and it came just weeks after four people were killed in a church in Sacramento County. Two people have been arrested on gun charges so far this weekend, shooting of a flash of violence that had led politicians from President Biden all the way down to city councilors in the California Capitol to demand that more be done to address guns. The scourge of gun violence continues to be a crisis in our country, and we must resolve to bring it to an end this carnage, Governor uh, bring an end to this carnage, Governor Gavin Newsom said in the aftermath of the shooting. The question is, in a state that already has more gun restrictions than anywhere else in the U.S., how much further can the law go? When you read that, right. how do you not go, well, maybe they have too many laws, or maybe the laws won't work the way you think they're going to work. Right. You have complete control in California. The, the gun control people again, mostly Democrats, have complete control in California. There's nothing the Republicans can do. Not that they even would. But let's, let's just say for the fact that they would maybe try to do something. The, California is what you want. It is the end solution to what you want. And here's what happens. People still get shot. Right. People still die from guns. Well, and, and that's the biggest fallacy. That And, and honestly, this, this fallacy exists on both sides of the, the gun argument. Um, on the left, you have the fallacy that if we pass more gun laws, we're going to reduce crime. And that is absolutely not true because a law is not a deterrent to a criminal. A, another person with a gun is a deterrent to a criminal. So, you know, equalization of basically leveling the playing field so that, you know, uh, both, you know, people who are not criminals and criminals all have guns it's going to make the criminal think twice about committing crime. So that's why you, in general, have lower violent crime rates, gun crime rates, in states that have freer gun rights. Now, but part of their argument is true. If you have a shitload of firearm laws and it's extremely difficult for the average person to, to own a firearm or something like that, you are going to have fewer domestic instances of gun violences and fewer accidents okay so I, I think that the the right needs to understand that yeah there's always a trade-off now I believe there should be no gun laws whatsoever because I am a freedom absolutist yeah okay um, but you have to if, if you take it from a position that is is just so you know one-sided on that that everybody needs guns and everything's gonna be fine well no you more people have guns. Um, there's going to be a higher likelihood of accidents and, and domestic use. You know, somebody husband. Well, hold on, though. But you're you're taking away that you're not saying one thing in there that is the that is the biggest driver of gun deaths, and that's suicide. Right. Exactly. And so, with an increase, with more accessibility to guns, more people will use guns to take their own lives. Right. And, and see that, and that's the thing. It's, but you it's, don't make a law because somebody else wants to kill themselves. No, no. And it, it, there is no panacea. That's what everybody has to recognize: is that for every law you make, there's an unattended consequence. For every law you remove, there's potentially an unattended consequence. There's consequences to whether or not you have laws. Period. Um, so I, I just hate on both sides that they think that passing a law in one way or another is going to create the scenario where everything's just peachy keen. It's not. Freedom is messy. Freedom is has, you know, drawbacks. But in all, generally, freedom is a better way to go.
Yeah. You know, a, a lack of laws is usually has fewer consequences than the laws. Yeah. Not in 100% of cases, but in most cases. Now, now, and this is a scenario where the left, in this case NPR, just doesn't understand that. What's, they, they can't even conceptualize that. Otherwise, they would be reading this article like we are and coming to the conclusion that gun laws do not stop gun crimes, gun violence, you know, directed at unarmed people. Yeah. You know? Now, in a, it, this next paragraph is why both sides are bad, by the way. Let me just explain this part. Okay. In December, news, uh, okay, lawmakers are considering at least 24 more bills. In December, Newsom directed his administration to work with the legislature on a measure modeled after Texas's controversial abortion law known as SB8. The Texas law allows for private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman obtain an abortion. If they prevail, the law entitles them to do a minimum of $10,000 in damages mm-hmm. plus attorney's fees. Newsom called for a bill that would allow private citizens to sue anyone who manufactures, distributes, transports, imports into the state or sells assault weapons or so-called ghost guns. As in Texas, those who prevail could be awarded statutory statutory damages of at least $10,000 per violation plus costs and attorney fees. A version of the bill was introduced in February. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and right now, for the record, I am going to name this California bill the Don't Say Gun Bill. <laughs> and I want the media to pick up on that and use that. <laughs> you know, right? Here's the thing. The Texas law, uh, you know, with the, the whole, you know, abortion provider, anyone that helps someone get an abortion or, you know, all that stuff, that was absolutely fucking ridiculous. It was stupid. It's going to have unintended consequences. And look, now you've set a precedent. And now Newsom, you know, governor of California is saying, hey, we just modeled it on the Texas bill. And you know, you're going to have states all over the country. So now is it not only going to be a crime to commit a crime, it's going to be a crime to have anything to do with anyone that commits a crime. Yeah. And and that's going to be the, that's going to be the new model. Yeah. I just uh, here's the thing. I, I, I and again, I, I know it, we knew which way NPR was going to go. Like there's no getting around oh, how NPR a, is going to go. God, NPR. And, but at no point do you even question this. Yes, yes. How do you not? How, how do you not take those facts that you know? There's all this gun violence in California, and California has more gun laws than it's anywhere else. It's the number else. one place for gun how laws. How do you not come to the conclusion that the gun laws are not working? And it, somehow in NPR's mind, it's just well, we need more gun laws. You already got the most. <laughs> you know how much more do you need? Uh, yeah, it's again. It's just well, they're not going to be happy until they disarm the population. That's really where they're going, and, of and that's course, what they want to go. Yeah, yeah, they do, and then they'll see that not only do they have you know the, the worst violent crime, uh, you know, in in the country that they have roaming bands of you know violent criminals that are just control entire territories. You know, I, they will have criminal gangs that are, you know, comparable to, to law enforcement agencies. And then, of course, law enforcement agencies will have to ramp up and, it, you know, cities will become war zones. Yeah, It's really what it boils down Kinda to. Kind of like they are now. Yeah. Yeah. You want to if you want to eliminate violent crime or not eliminate, you can never eliminate violent crime. But if you want to reduce drastically violent crime. You arm the population because, you know, then everybody can defend themselves against it. Yeah. And it makes... And, and, and it criminals makes are the, cowards. Yeah. Well, yeah, in most cases. And it makes the consequences of committing the crime immediate. Yeah. Not, well, maybe they're going to collect the evidence and catch me, you know, down the road, or maybe they're not. 
Yeah. You know, it's like maybe I break into that house, I'm going to get shot. Yeah. And, and that's the difference. Yeah. You know? Now, now here's the thing too though. That's why Floridians don't flick each other off on uh <laughs> in traffic and you know, you don't hear a lot of horn honking here. Yeah. You know, an armed society is a polite society. We're, we're pretty polite down here. <laughs> you it know, happens. It's usually the Nor- New Yorkers that uh, you know, have to get capped before they figure that shit out. <laughs> So, it, well, and here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever watched any of these videos, but I have watched these videos of people that live in California that are trying to get, like, concealed carry permits. Right. And oh, God, that must be such a process. Years. Yeah. And still don't get it. Yeah. Like, just for years, they won't interview them. They won't do, like, in order to get the concealed permit, you have to sit down and do an interview with a police officer, right? With a right. specific, like, someone specifically within each unit, right? And I think the odds they are won't about do 8% that if you do conduct that interview, you might get shot. I mean, by the cop, <laughs> possible. So, like, it's, he's coming right at us. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where it's so hard. It's hard for you as an individual to get the tools you need to protect yourself in California. And that's if you're white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're imagine black, if you're black, forget it. In yeah, California, that just ain't ever happening. <laughs> so, yeah. There's this there's this one um, like video that they did um, like a, th- these two white guys that were you know real pro NRA the Second Amendment is here to protect our rights and then in the video comes a guy that's like a Black Panther and be like <laughs> we will keep it by any means necessary and you can just see how uncomfortable the two white guys are <laughs> those, of like those white guys just got a lot whiter <laughs> yeah 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 it's just one of those things that's so funny where I'm looking at it going like yeah fuck yeah defend yourself yeah. If you want to be able to do that shit, then do that shit. Exactly. Like, I don't have. Like, that's the funny thing is like I don't have a. I don't care who you are. If you want to be able to protect yourself, then you can. Right. You know the gun. The gun in itself isn't inherently dangerous. As a matter of fact, I think that, like, more people are not going to necessarily get killed for bad reasons if you did the gun. If you got rid of the gun laws. Right. Right. Like more people would die I, maybe for good reasons. Yeah. Or for their own personal choices, which, again, I'm not against suicide. The one thing we have to acknowledge, it would probably increase accidents and crimes of passion. And suicides. Well, suicides without question. Yeah. Yeah. Those three categories. Actually, no, I don't I don't know that it would dramatically increase the the number of suicides because there's a lot of ways to kill yourself if you want to kill yourself. Yeah. So I think it would just change in a lot of ways the method by which people do it, because putting a gun in your mouth is probably the most efficient way of doing it. Well, it's the easiest. Yeah. It's it's not going to stop anyone from taking a bottle of Oxy. You know, Uh, you, you see what I'm saying? So. I don't know if it would be a change in the number of suicides, probably just a change in the methods, but it would increase the the gun accidents and the the crimes of passion, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. Which look, I'm not against education either, but I'm against mandatory education. And where the where'd you come from in education? What are you uh, talking like about? Gun education. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like gun safety and stuff like that. Right. Right. Now, here's the thing, though. If the people that that run these places want to require that you go through a class for you can get a gun there, then what are you talking about? Like run what place? Gun shop. Like a gun shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm more of I mean a, they offer the classes anyway. I, you know, so. I'm more of a Darwinian when it comes to that. Let's I, let's I just understand. Let, let's I understand. Just let natural selection sort that out. Yeah, no, no, no. I understand that. I'm not even opposed to that either, by right. the way. I'm not even opposed to that. So now there's another article that came up that I wanted to make sure that we talked about here. And this is that the FBI is spending millions on social media tra- tracking software. Right. So did you read this one? Uh, did I put that one up there? I thought you did. Oh, <laughs> maybe I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just more of what we know. Yeah. Well, it's just that they're like, here's the thing. If, okay, let me ask you a question about this. Right. I'm curious on this. 
if you it, it, this tracking software from what you've read is it breaking the law as far as privacy goes or no, is it just No, actually it's not. It, it's it's bringing in as much of look, publicly available information on you as possible. Actually, yeah, they're they're using um, a, a private company that just collects this data probably for for marketing purposes. And you know, once you're collecting collecting and and cataloging the the data, it's, you know, the FBI can use it. You have to understand that anything you post on social media is public. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, well, there's there's a gray area there because if, if they're collecting stuff that you don't post publicly, but like for example on on Facebook like in a group, yeah, or in a like group that. that yeah, but even the groups for the, the most part with still the public. expectation that only your friends are seeing it. It's semi-public information, you know. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I I think that that by the definite definitional law there would be no expectation of privacy. Okay. For for almost anything other than maybe a DM. You know, if you send a DM, that's that should be considered private. It's not. I mean, you know, Facebook reads your DMs, or Twitter reads your DMs. You know, they all have access to yeah. it. So it's not truly private, but there may be an expectation of privacy. But if you make a post, yeah, no, yeah, it's. And again, I hate the fact that the FBI is using it against us. I don't want them to do it. I don't want them to do it, but I don't think they're necessarily violating any constitutional rights by doing it. Yeah. It's sad to they're say that. They're taking advantage of the sloppiness of the person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're going to put something up that is stupid, but it's in public, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? Right. Yeah. It's, you, you said it. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be like going out and saying something it, in public. Be, yeah. It'd be like standing in the town sh- square and, and shouting you know, like, something. I'm a fucking idiot. And then say, well, the cops weren't supposed to listen to that. Well, you said it in the town square. Yeah. Who did you want to listen to? Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like the person that talks on speakerphone in a place and then gets mad at you because you can you're, hear their conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're almost like, dude, you're the fucking talking fucking out to everybody and your fucking mother right now. I, I'm totally guilty of that, by the way. What? You get I, mad at somebody? I, or no, they, no. I always speak on speaker phone yeah but hold on but but you don't get mad if somebody's listening in no i and if i want to have a conversation that i expect to be totally private but i'm kind of an i'm a loud phone talker too oh are you really oh god yeah i yell into the phone it's like i i think i'm you know talking to i'm thinking it's like 1903 and i'm alexander graham belling it you know (laughs) yeah is this Claudite 425 here let me crank the handle to ring it you know I, I think I have to shout into this damn, you know, I this, hope, this fucking microcomputer I, I have in my hand. I want you in your house to get one old school phone like that in one centralized area, be the only phone anybody can call you at, <laughs> and literally just, and you have to get one of those like old 1930s voices, hello there, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're never going to get me, cover. Uh-oh, Who, who's calling please? Track uh, this fucking phone, asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, but that, that's how I've, I've been told that I'm exceptionally loud when I talk on the phone. I, and I, I I can't seem to break the habit. Like I wear my earpiece a lot now, so. But I have to. But like I have two. That'll give you brain cancer. I have probably. I'm probably getting brain. Is cancer. Is it wired or is it uh, wireless? Yeah, it's definitely giving me brain. You cancer. know, I used to wear one of those until I had uh, a actual uh, surgeon uh, from Moffitt Cancer Center say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, don't wear those, man." We're seeing a, a very high correlation between people who use the Bluetooth ear ear pods and, and uh, brain tumors. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I'm done. I'm like, okay, yeah, not good. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I used to do a lot of work for a neurosurgery center, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, we are actually running up the against the end of the show here. Uh, so I am going to play the outro. Well, hold on. In hour number two, we're going to get into the COVID stuff because there's some bombshell shit there. Yeah, a lot um, of stuff there. Uh, going after the GOP for, for dicks that don't understand the Bill of Rights. Yep, and we're going to talk uh, Ukraine. So if you'd like to join us, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, become a subscriber, and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah.